Because you were forsaken, I'm accepted. You were condemned. I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Praise the Lord. You are listening to True Bible Mission for Jesus Church. Located at 6010 West Mill Road, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where the pastor is Elaine Allen. Spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how can it be? You like angels should die for me. Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you in all I do to honor you. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were condemned. Chat time. Praise, Praise the Lord, Lord is chat, chat time. time again. This week we will continue our discussion of current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So we'll continue our, our program here today with uh, current events. And someone sent me this article and it came from prophecynewswatch.com and it's saying that LGBT activists' next target is the charitable status of churches. And over the past decade, attacks on Canada's Christian communities by the LGBT activists have escalated significantly. In Alberta, Education Minister David Egan is threatening to defund and possibly shut down religious schools that do not accept gay-straight alliance clubs. Canada's Supreme Court recently ruled against Trinity Western University, which is a private Christian institution in British Columbia, for having students agree to a lifestyle contract upon enrollment. And of course, attempts to force schools to teach gendered ideology are taking place simultaneously in nearly every province across the country. Which is really crazy, because, I mean, you have people teaching nonsense and you're expecting people i mean they're coming up with all kind of phrases cisgender i had to look that up you know they come up with um gender identity as opposed to sexual identity uh asexual uh transgender i they have so many different categories now you know they're talking about because they're not going by the word of god they're going by uh I guess some type of legal type of definition of what a person's uh, preference is. So I was watching some YouTube where they were actually having this discussion. This guy said, "Convince me, you know, about when a person says that they're not, they're not 
uh, gender specific and he's trying to figure out well you have to convince me that you're not male or uh, if you look male or if we're using the wrong pronoun you have to sort of convince me that it's okay and, and that somehow he's, he's he was citing how people were getting sued especially in Canada Canada is really on the roll here because they're using the, the improper pronoun when referring to these people he said here we are thousands of years you see a man and you recognize him as a man and you say he and they say no I don't identify as he or she call me they mm -hmm. <laughs> he said so you slip up and say he and then they say you're deliberately disrespecting them he said but how do you convince a person to change years and years of conditioning like that overnight because somebody passes a law and says well if a person doesn't identify as a he and he wants to be called a she you have to remember to do this <laughs> it is insane well it's even That's on your terrible. tv screens yeah and if you don't do it then you get fined right Damn, uh enormous amount of fine they had one guy uh said that he was a uh he was trying to go as a woman, but the guy recognized him as a man. He got fined fifty-five thousand dollars. Well, that brings us to our next article. Yeah, but, which um, makes no sense. So now you have this in school. How are you gonna have these people get up and teach people this? How are you going to even if you even if you have a class or a, a, a lecture? Somebody speaks up and they have an opposing opinion. All of a sudden, that person's in the doghouse. Well, we, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But this article was about attacking the charitable status of churches. And there was a, a woman who was in a same-sex relationship uh, attending a, a Baptist church in Oshawa, Ontario. And after sharing with people that she was in a, in a long-term same-sex relationship, she was removed from membership roles and she received a letter from the church leadership informing her of this fact <laughs> so and they, they were saying they didn't do it lightly it, this is like with great you know thought and 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 they had come to the conclusion that they didn't just just do it off of a whim but her her lifestyle her beliefs conflicted with what with they stood the for. the church. So then Oshawa community advocate Mac Moreau launched a letter-writing campaign asking the Canada Revenue Agency to review the charitable status of Calvary Baptist Church. As a registered charity, churches receive significant tax breaks from the provincial and federal government with the requirement that churches devote, devote all of their resources to charity. The church has allowed its resources to be used for activities that promote hate and intolerance, said Moreau. If you are going to promote hate and intolerance, you shouldn't receive benefits from the Canadian government and, and all the, the Canadians contribute And to. that's where they should take their stand. Because you don't agree with something does not mean that you hate someone. See, and that's where, to me, they would be guilty as well. Because they're just fostering, if they, by their own definition, then they will be fostering hatred from the other perspective. And all I'm saying is that when you take a stand against something, that doesn't mean that you hate individuals. It means that you don't agree with what they're doing. That's not hatred. And I just, I really can't 
picture them affecting their tax status. I think that they should they should fight for their independence. The churches should because it's basically geared towards Christian churches because there are other religions that that totally disagree with sodomy. If you are Muslim, it's, it's not part of. I don't care if you're practicing it; it's not part of their religious structure. If if you are in uh, Judaism, if you're Jewish, I don't care if you're practicing sodomite, it's still not within the religious structure. So you're not going to take their tax status, and I'm thinking the Christian churches have to take a stand. And yet, she joined this church, and they were saying, well, why didn't she join a church that was more favorable to her lifestyle, which she could have done? Right. Why would you pick something that you know from the onset it seems like it's people contrary. are always challenging. Right. And then when they take a stand, all of a sudden they want them to be sued. They want them to be fined. They want them to be shut down. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So there's a Christian activist, like you were talking about, he, that was fined $55,000 for calling a transgender woman a biological male. This came from Christian Headlines. And the Christian activist, was his name is William Quartcott. And he has to pay $55,000 to trans activist Morgan Ogre. Um, According, this is in Canada too, according to the Vancouver Sun, $35,000 of the fine is compensation for a flyer that Whatcock published when Ogre ran for office in 2017. And the other $20,000 is punishment for what for Whatcott's behavior during a hearing in December. So John Carpe, who's the president of the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom, the group that defended Whatcott, disagreed with the ruling. Society is full of people with diverse views and tribunals. Decision undermines the foundational principles of the free society and jeopardizes the health of Canada's democracy. So what the the crux of the, the, the thing is, in 2017, Whatcott printed 1,500 flyers, and, and they're both running for office, with a photo of Ogre that described the candidate as a biological male and said she was promoting homosexuality and transvestism. Okay. Thankfully, Jesus Christ paid the price for your sin, the flyer said. You can turn to the merciful Christ and ask for forgiveness and when the national democratic party come knocking at your door you can tell them you won't vote for them because you believe in god's definition of gender and marriage okay now but i think by him making it a political issue i think so i think that's where he crossed the line yeah you know but ogre did lose the 2017 election by only 400 votes but asked that the British Columbia Human Rights Tribunal to investigate his actions and claim the flyer was an act of religious expression. And during that hearing, Whatcott reportedly wore a t-shirt with Ogre's picture on it and derogatory statements underneath the photo. During the hearing, Ogre said she worried for her safety because of the flyers. I'm a transgender woman. People kill transgender women because of who they are. I mean, whether they're transgender or not. I mean, that that happens, yes. People get singled out. There are certain uh, types uh, that are more susceptible to being attacked. But I don't think uh, he was fearing for his life. I can't call her she, so if I was in Canada, they'd be finding me right now. So I, I don't think... His life is in danger. I think that that's just a, 
a, a way of getting back at the person for making their personal life a political issue. Well, here, in a tribal member said, tribunal member said, in my view, the flyer is a modern version of a whites-only sign. It is an attempt to block doors of government with a message that that the political realm is for cisgender, cisgender right. I had to people look that up. Yes. only. Yeah, you know, all these new expressions. You know, cisgender is that you are you are identified according to your your birth, uh, it's the sex that you were born with. That makes you cisgender, which is. Totally the opposite of transgender. I mean, this is ridiculous. So you, you which is you, you are what you were born. That's right. That's exactly what <laughs> and it instead is. Instead of saying I, I am what I am when well, I was born. Right. But they're <laughs> they saying, have to come which, up with this. Right. Which is separate from sexual identity. Which is separate. I mean, this is this is this is so screwed up. Until I, there's no way in the world a child should be subjected to that. I don't. No, there's no way in the world anybody should be subjected to that. You shouldn't have to go through any type of course and be forced to sit through any type of nonsense like that. No. So um, this article is sent to me. A public university in Ohio is letting people use whatever bathroom facility they deem they need to use in order to create a more inclusive environment and has also converted nearly two dozen restrooms into all-gender bathrooms. But why? You know, now I can see I can see single bathrooms, you know, because you do that at home. Everybody, male, female, use the bathroom. So I can see, because you have the ability to be there by yourself alone, and you have the ability to lock the door, so you have privacy. But public bathrooms, where especially if you have urinals up against the wall, oh, come on. <laughs> that's total I, invasion I, of privacy. Right, if I walk in there, I don't want to see that. You know, that's... And I don't understand why such an issue that people just want to be exposed. They want to have other people exposed to that. That's that's crazy. Is this in Canada as well? This uh, is in Ohio. Oh, United Wright States State of America. University in Dayton, Ohio. Okay. And the university website also explains that 23 restrooms in different buildings across the campus were converted to all-gender bathrooms as part of the university's all-gender restroom expansion project. Uh The bathrooms were all converted. The bathrooms were all, it says, were all converted by December of 19, December 19 of, I think, last year. Um, this person says, I'm 24 years old and was born in Afghanistan. I was a member of the, an extremist group until I escaped and I came to Iran. I was young and, uh, and loved rifles and all I heard in some instance, well, I think that's another, I think that's another, uh, article. In some instances, a designated all gender restroom may contain multiple stalls. For those who do not wish to use an all-gender single stall or all-gender multi-stall restroom, there will be gendered restrooms located in every building. But I'll bet you it's not on every floor. You know, this reminds me of of when people used to go, this is a department store I won't mention, but they used to go in there so they could have anonymous sex. That's what this reminds me of, that you have these all-gender you know, uh, places where you have all these stalls, and I could just imagine what, what would be going on in those particular places. You know, mm-hmm. I could just, I could just see a free fall. I just, I just don't because I don't get the the motivation behind having 
that type of restroom facility makes no sense. But I can picture that if that's what people are going there, if they're going there for anonymous sex or something like that, because that's what they used to do in this particular department store. Anyway, moving on. This article was sent to me from the Christian Post, and this is talking about uh, schools teaching LGBT history. So New Jersey will soon require its schools to teach students about LGBT history and the impact that LGBT Americans have had on society, becoming the second state to pass a statewide education requirement that some critics say is another step toward indoctrination. So they followed in the footsteps of California, and New Jersey recently signed this into law. Mm -hmm. um, the school boards will have to implement changes to the curriculum by the 2021 school year, Is according this for to the law. Public schools, right? What if people? Uh, I, I, see why, I imagine. I can see why people so. take their children and they put them in, place them in private schools because the public schools, once the government begin to fund things, they begin to demand uh, certain. Uh, they have certain requirements that they demand you to follow, which are truly, just truly contradict everything you believe in. Mm -hmm. And then your child has to be exposed to that nonsense. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, and they're a minority, which is what's, what's, and I can understand them uh, wanting rights, but they are a minority that are actually trying to push past what a majority might even think. They don't care. They push past other people's rights because they're saying their rights supersede all others. Right. That's, that's what it seems so, to be saying. So um, parental rights are being raped, and this is why we have to stand up now. Greg right. Quinlan, founder of the Social Conservative Ad Advocacy Group for Center for Garden State Families, told Christian Post last September, we have to stand up and fight this. Parental rights really is a constitutional right. No right. one has a right to tell our children that they can un do what a parent wants them to do unless a parent is really doing some physical or emotional harm. Right. And, I, and they're just terrible because they're just pushing their agenda on younger children to indoctrinate them because once they get them young, then they grow up thinking that it's, it, okay. that it's okay. But I just pray that, you know... This is where parents have to teach their children. They actually have to teach their children because even if they are exposed to that, I guarantee if parents keep a, a handle on it, and talk with their children and live a life that is in keeping with what they're teaching the child. Now, if the parent is saying one thing and doing another, it'll do more harm than good. But if a parent is actually living according to their teachings, if they're t talking about uh, living a saved life and they're living a saved life and they're talking to their child, that will influence the child. They will actually become spokesmen, uh, uh, spokespeople themselves. They will actually stand up for what's right. They would actually voice it without even trying to be an advocate because all they will be doing is expressing what they've been taught. So parents actually have to live the life that they're teaching their children about. And when they say something is wrong, you know, they give them the reason why it's wrong and then they have to live a life that is according to righteousness in front of their child so the child doesn't become confused because I've seen it happen too many times where parents teach one thing and live another and it really, really does damage to the child. Yeah, and I just hope that, um, pray that, because um, every territory that the LGBT get, then they'll try to get bolder 
from the public and go from public school, then they're trying to go to the private and charge. So right. I just pray that God, you know. And people just have to stand up and say, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I'm thinking uh, about Ben Franklin when he said after about 200 years, he said that the people would have to uh, have a revolution. He said because all governments become stale and corrupt after 200 years. And well, the United States is no exception. You know, after a while, people stop fearing the Lord. That's that's my my take on it. People get too comfortable, you know, and they stop fearing the Lord. And even the children of Israel, they got too comfortable, and they, they just felt like the cost of those chosen people, they didn't have to live right. Somehow they had special status that put them outside the requirements to honor the Lord and to live right. So somehow the United States started out with, in God we trust, but now they just now the only time you you feel like you're gonna trust you hear people trusting in the Lord is if they're in the middle of a disaster, natural right. disaster, yes. and their homes and are wiped out, or I mean a huge disaster, tsunami right. or earthquake, or and then, you know, and if you if you notice these uh, commercials or even advertisements or programs, how there's this subtle antichrist spirit running through their uh, language and, and I forget which product they were promoting but the person said that they oh they were desperate for a night uh, uh, sleep they were desperate to be able to sleep all night it's one of those uh, mattress commercials mm -hmm. I forgot the name of it mm -hmm. but the person said they were so desperate they were even desperate enough to pray as if oh I didn't catch that right as if as if it was their last resort it's like it's, it's like if they just had to break down and do something you know no I'm gonna have to pay more attention right it, I, that thinking... I said look at and then on PBS they had this this uh, commercial where it says the word said if you believe you know like basically you can do anything they have this young guy and they show him singing but when you listen to the words how bad do you want something? Would you lie for it? Would you die for it? But the point is, it's like, if you want it bad enough, it's okay to lie for it. And that's those, those subtle messages that get woven in that people probably don't realize. No, you don't. You don't. I don't. I mean, no, I don't catch it. Some I do. Some just get on my nerves, and the reason why I don't catch a lot of them is because I mute them. You know, yes, I, I just can't stand certain commercials. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't want to hear it again. Right. Well, anyway, I want to go on and um, start this article, and I don't think we'll be able to finish it this this week. We'll have to continue next week with it. But it's an article that somebody sent me that, and it's entitled, What an LGBTQ Inclusive Sex Education would have taught you okay. if we had, you know, <laughs> if we have it. And it starts out by saying that we're doing a disservice to all children when we leave LGBTQ plus kids out of sex education at school. And when parents and sex educators talk about the need for more inclusive, sex positive sex education in America, they're not asking for much. They want lesson plans that tackle gender fluidity in overview of sexual anatomy that doesn't leave out intersex youth and some destigmatizing 
real talk on periods, not just for girls, but for boys too. And as it is, some school districts might earn a C grade on these topics, but far too many deserve nothing better than an F. And there was a recent national survey by the Prophet GLSEN, which I don't know what that stands for, less than one in 10 LGBTQ plus students said they received sex ed that was inclusive of their identities. And what's more, several states prohibit any inclusive lessons that might pro promote homosexuality through what are known as no promo homo laws. <laughs> well, <laughs> say that fast three times. Okay. So anyway, um, they're saying that here sex educators and activists share six things that you would learn in sex ed in America if the curriculum were more inclusive. And the first one is kids' gender identity development starts early in life. So we should talk about transgender and identity issues earlier in life too. Hogwash. Why wait to broach discussions of sex and gender identity until kids reach the wild, wild west you know, of their teen years? Children's gender identity development starts at about three years old, <laughs> according to a Boston oh, ed, my goodness. Boston sex educator. If you want to do that with your children, you do that with your children, but I would tell them not mine. If that's how you want to raise your family, but you shouldn't bring that into a, a public school setting and try and indoctrinate or teach someone else's child because that's your belief that's how you feel that they should be schooled at this boston years of sex age. educator ada manduli says that ignoring an issue as complex <laughs> as gender will leave them in the dark and potentially have them very confused. She's confused. I got news for her. And they're ignorant. And I would not want some teacher trying to tell uh, some kindergarten, that's not even kindergarten, some preschool teacher when you're going for the breakfast program <laughs> and, and they're going to try to discuss with the child who's just barely learning, their, they haven't even learned really their ABCs, they're learning their colors. You know, they're, they're learning the basics, and here you are discussing, dis, dis, discussing gender issues. That's, that's too crazy for words. So it, it goes on to say that even early on, holistic LGBTQ inclusive education should include information about gender identity and expression, as well as discussions of what transitioning can look like. That's crazy. Both socially and medically. I don't think that has any... For instance, <laughs> hormones are often named in sex, sexual health curricula, but it's rarely discussed how they can be managed if you're a kid and identify as That's a transgender. Crazy. That, is, that's, that should not be in a, a school setting. If you want to do that with your children, you go right ahead, but it should not be made mandatory for people who don't hold the same belief. No. And that's what I'm saying. That's what's wrong. Anyway, we're going to have to stop there because we've come to the end of our program, and we'll have to continue next week.
Lord willing. Yes. Now I'm going to be reading to you from Matthews in the ninth chapter, starting at the eleventh verse. It says, And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eats your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that means. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord, and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, which disciple said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak? And the answer is, none of them. Jesus said it to the disciples after he prayed the first time before he was betrayed. And that answer can be found in chapter 26 of Matthew, verses 40, 41, and it reads, And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep, and saith to Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. This week's food for thought is while Mary Magdalene was crying at the sepulcher after discovering that Jesus' body was gone, who did she first see? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought. <laughs> 